Hello and welcome to another episode of Dirty Dishes and today I am going to talk about the No Mom Club and this was kind of spurred on by the fact that um, I just talked about grief um, in our last podcast and there's a grief of a different kind also around the holidays and this was also spurred on by the fact that um, Jennifer Aniston came out with her infertility story which I feel is amazing and it's so true and she talks about the ship has sailed and the ship has sailed for me too as far as motherhood or ever being able to be a mother with having a hysterectomy that ship is gone Um, I'm older now but there is still times that the grief creeps up Um, it's a very difficult place to be in the holidays can be a reminder of your infertility Um, It's definitely something that I did not expect to go through. I have this memory of my sister-in-law being pregnant um, during the holidays. Um, It happened a couple times actually and it was painful. It was difficult. Um, You're sitting there realizing that's something you may never experience. That's something that um, is a feeling that unless you've gone through it, you don't really know. Um, and I think if you've tried any treatments or you're at a crossroads with what to do with your fertility, um, I can completely relate to that. And I can relate to those decisions, whether, you know, you're going to spend more money, whether you're going to have another surgery, whether you're going to do ovary drilling, um, to try to spur on egg production, um, go through another ultrasound, go through another vaginal exam. I mean, there are so many different avenues with infertility and things that they can do. And thank God for advances in technology, um, medical technology, and that's helpful, but at the same time, you're so overwhelmed with so many other options. There's so many other things um, that you can choose from now. And and there's always adoption. There's always a surrogate. But um, again, those are costly alternatives. Um, not everybody wants to adopt. Some people actually, you know, want to have their own flesh and blood, which is something I've discussed on here. Um, but I wanted to touch on this because reading Jennifer Aniston's article was so, um, it invoked so many different emotions for me because I remember being there. And when you're watching your friends debate if they want to have another child, they already have two and they're debating if they want a third or you have a friend of yours tell you that they're pregnant and they haven't told anybody else. And even though, you know, I knew that I may never have children, it was very hard to digest that news. It was very hard to sit back and be, you know, my initial reaction is to be happy for them. But there's also a deep sadness that comes with that. There's a sadness every time I watch Friends and there's a birth of a baby, you know, I mean, um, that's just a TV show that invokes emotion. Um, There's a lot of different avenues that bring up the grief and the grieving process when you're battling infertility or maybe your infertility journey is over and you were never eight, you were never able to have children. So it's something that I think needs to be discussed more. I'm all for having that conversation. Um, I think that sometimes we forget that um, people are battling that. 
I remember telling a friend, well, you can't tell me about your pregnancy journey anymore. I can't handle it. Um, I've discussed that before. And all these emotions that come up, you know that you're never going to play Mr. and Mrs. Claus to a child. You know that you're not going to have these traditions with a child of your own. Yes, I have stepchildren and that does help. Um, but at the end of the day, that's a completely different connection than the connection you have with your biological child. Um, it's, it's different. You know, I'm never going to have anybody call me mom or mommy or mama or whatever. Um, I don't even know how to process the fact that if my stepdaughters ever have children, you know, will I be called grandma? Or will it be something different because I'm their stepmother? You know, there's a lot of different avenues um, with the infertility journey that, you know, you think about later on. Even after your journey is over, there's things that will come up and you'll think, oh my gosh, you know, this is craziness. And it's just like, you know, I got the 23andMe one year for my um, husband for Christmas and he was showing his tree, his family tree, where all his, you know, other relatives live. And there were some in the UK and there were some in Ireland and, um, excuse me, and, you know, it was really cool. And then there was the branch of my tree and there's no branches because I don't have any children. So it was, um, and we don't have any children together. So that's eye-opening when you see your side of the uh, family tree just stop. It stops at you. (laughs) Um, And I just, I feel for people around this time of year as well, because you're seeing families together. You're seeing um, children, you know, going and sitting on Santa's lap. You're hearing them talk about what they want for Christmas, how excited they are. Um, you know, what's going to be in their stocking? Um, are they baking cookies for Santa? You know, these are things that I do get to have some fulfillment with my stepchildren, but at the same time, my stepkids aren't around all the time. Sometimes I have them for the holidays, sometimes I don't. So it's just very, it's very hard and it's a very unique experience and the holidays can be extremely emotional and extremely raw. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I handled every situation around the holidays appropriately because it was tough and you try to handle it with grace and you try to handle it with dignity, but there are times um, you can't, that your emotions get the best of you and you cause some embarrassing moments and you say some embarrassing things and you make some poor choices. And I, I think we as women feel that we need to be part of this mom club. And I can also speak to women who want to remain childless and they're childless by choice. Um, I think, yes, you can say, welcome to the club, you know, but not everybody wants to join the club and not everybody gets to be part of that club. And that's why I refrain from trying to say welcome to the mom club or anything like that because you don't know how that's going to affect people. Um, We grow up our entire lives trying to fit in in grade school, high school, maybe college, trying to join a sorority. Um, You know, we're always trying to strive to be 
um, belong, trying to be part of something, you know, joining activities and things like that. And sometimes we're chosen and sometimes we're not. And so being part of the non-mom club is is a difficult journey. It's gotten a little bit easier, um, but I had a lot of work to do after my hysterectomy. I had a lot of different emotions to go through. I had a lot of frustration, anger, and bitterness. I had a lot of bitterness towards my now husband because, you know, he decided to have a vasectomy well before we were together because he already had children. So it was just extremely painful to deal with these emotions. And I was dealing with them pretty much alone because all of my friends have children. Um, you know, my spouse has children. What am I going to say to him? How am I going to explain anything to him? Um, I did try to explain things, but it, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. He was, you know it was on a different level and so it's really tough when you feel like you don't have any support when you feel like people are telling you oh everything happens for a reason and that's the same way when somebody passes away you know saying that line well every you know everything happens for a reason is is a very cliche line to say it's very um yeah, I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to say this sentence and I hope that it makes everything better. And I I understand completely that some people don't know what to say in certain situations and that um, people don't realize what they're saying, how they're saying it, um, and how it can affect you. And I don't expect people to walk around on eggshells. I don't expect that people are always going to understand that. Um, but I have explained it to a few of my friends and family members like, hey, you know, you need to realize that if people are struggling or having a hard time trying to conceive, like saying welcome to the mom club or asking if you're pregnant yet or asking if you're having children yet, you know, that brings on a whole set of emotions and that can make you feel guilty. It can make you feel angry. It can make you feel like you don't belong. Um, because for some, you know, motherhood becomes their identity. And so you think, well, I don't have an identity. You know, I'm supposed to be a mom. What am I doing wrong? Why, why is this happening to me? Um, you know, you think all these things and you think you did something really long, wrong in your life or if you believe in past lives, you're sitting there and you're just thinking, why isn't this working for me? And sometimes when there's not a solid medical reason either, um, like in my situation, yes, I had some PCOS, I had some endometriosis, but for all accounts, um, when I was going through this process, I was a healthy person, so it didn't make sense to me because logically, you know, we spend our lives trying to prevent pregnancy. Um, you know, I remember watching a baby story and thinking, oh, this is so great. Or, you know, I watched a show one time about women who um, didn't know they were pregnant at all and just ended up giving birth in a random place. Um, and so you think to yourself, well, okay, there's still a chance. And you're still holding out that hope. I remember thinking, wonder if my husband's vasectomy didn't take. Wonder if I can get pregnant. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
you, you, you're like, it's possible. I hear about it happening. I hear about vasectomies not working and tubes being tied and that doesn't work. So you're constantly, um, I wouldn't say constantly, but there's a lot of times you're sitting there trying to think, you know, when you're a couple days late, you're sitting there thinking, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what's supposed to happen. Maybe this is what I've been looking for this entire time. And now it's finally going to happen. I'm finally going to be a parent and I'm finally going to be able to understand the joy and the love that everybody talks about. This unconditional love, this, this great, great, um, human being, this masterpiece of two humans coming together and creating this beautiful child you know, you're like, I'm going to finally understand that. I'm going to get to do this. And then you don't. And it's a devastating blow. Um, I think that it's a very personal journey and that anybody who speaks out about it, I think that they're brave to do so. I think that any time that you can discuss infertility with a trusted friend or a therapist or somebody like that, I think it's a good thing to do. Um, I didn't go through therapy when I was dealing with my infertility struggles and I probably should have. Um, it probably would have helped my mental well-being and maybe I would have gotten through things a little bit better. I would have made better choices. Um, but when you're setting up shop on Bitter Boulevard and Anger Avenue and that's where you're hanging your hat for a while, you know, you hate yourself too. You're so angry, you start finding fault with what everybody is doing, with what everybody is saying to you, because you're just in this state of unknown. You're in this state of frustration and aggravation, and it's driving you crazy. And you're doing all these things, like you're on a schedule, you know, with sex. And so the intimacy with sex starts to go away, and it becomes this mechanical, um, calendar driven act and that sucks and then you're going in and getting ultrasounds and you're being told you only have three eggs so you only have three chances and that's not great odds and um you know you're having these surgeries and you're having these exploratory surgeries you know and you find out these things that are absolutely devastating and sometimes the the provider or the surgeon that's doing the surgery can't even explain why it happened. You know, it's just an anomaly, which is something I had. I had a, an, an anomaly. Um, and that's difficult too, because you're thinking, okay, why? Why do I have this anomaly? And then you're thinking, okay, what happened when I was born? Did my mother take something? Did You know, you're going down a rabbit hole. You're trying to justify or understand why this is happening to you. And that's where the anger and the bitterness comes in. It really comes into play that you're just like, oh my freaking God, like, why isn't this happening for me? Um, and then you have people say you'd be a great mom or it'll happen for you if you want it bad enough. Again, terrible things to say. Even hearing that you're going to be a great mom is devastating because it just puts it all into perspective and you're thinking, okay, I would be a great mom. So why isn't this happening? I must be being punished. I must have, um, drank something wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have drank that extra glass of wine. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have ate the fish the other night at dinner or had the sushi. Like you're sitting there looking for reasons every month why something didn't happen and why something didn't play out the way you wanted it to. 
Um, it's a very difficult process. And mentally, you're just like, I can't believe this. This is so crazy to me. This is so insane. Um, this is unreal. Um, maybe if I had gotten pregnant earlier in life, you know, I had those thoughts. Maybe if I had started trying when I was 21, 22 years old, maybe it would have been better. Maybe it would have been easier. Um, you know, there's so many things that run through your head and you just feel so hurt because you want to be part of the club. You want to join this club. You want it badly and, you know, you don't have an endless supply of income, so you can't keep throwing everything at it. Um, you have to basically try your best, hope for the best, you know, pee on a stick every month to see if you're ovulating, you know, at first it's like cool, but then after that you're like, you know, <laughs> like this, this is ridiculous. I don't want to keep doing this. Um, so you're just really hoping for the best. And it's one of those things that is a incredibly painful journey. And especially around the holidays, I found it really triggering because a lot of people like to save the news of being pregnant for around the holidays. It seems like a really great idea. And maybe if that's what you want to do, you know, um, maybe my advice would be if you have somebody struggling with in infertility in your family, maybe you give them a heads up. You have a personal conversation with them or pull them aside. And I know that sounds like a lot of work and I know that sounds maybe ridiculous to some, but I think if you really care about somebody and you know what's going on um, with them and the struggles that they had um, or are having, that you, you do that. You give them the courtesy. Um, I wish some people would have had that for me. I wish people would have understood when I canceled the baby shower and just sent a gift. Um, or, you know, there were times I just didn't want to be around anybody who was pregnant. I just couldn't do it. Um, and that sounds sad and maybe sounds selfish, but oh my God, it's the honest to God truth. It's so true. I mean, there's so many different emotions that you go through. I wish I could explain them all, um, but this thing would be like two hours long and I don't know that anybody's going to listen for two hours. Um, but I wanted to touch on this because I think it's important. I think it's important to understand the No Mom Club. I think it's important to understand the infertility and the issues that people face and how difficult it can be. And around the holidays with so much joy, again, everybody wants wants things to be, I guess maybe not everybody, but most want things to be happy and joyous. And maybe you're just not feeling that way. Maybe you want to stay home and you don't want to deal with seeing, you know, three cousins that are pregnant or your sister who's pregnant or whatever the situation be, may be. Um, that's a decision that you have to make. And sometimes our mental well-being is a little bit more important than the holidays. And so if you're grieving and you're dealing with being part of the No Mom Club, I completely understand it. I completely get where you're coming from. You're not wrong. Um, for feeling the way that you feel, um, embrace those emotions and deal with them in the healthiest way possible for you. Um, because everybody's journey is different. 